Good morning. Last and final week of the Red Letter Challenge sermons as we're going through our Sunday mornings along with our connection group through the week and uh, listening and studying doing our discipleship devotions uh, together as a church as a whole has been a wonderful journey. Um, we do want to celebrate though because there's people that have given up their time, talent, and treasures to come and help uh, lead those small groups and those connection groups. So Cindy, I want you to come up if you will and uh, and sing a special song about Red Letter Challenge. You got a rap on the spot, uh, yeah, on the spot rap for Sister Cindy, but I want you to just uh, kind of describe kind of what it was like to lead a group and uh, some of the things you felt like you experienced out of the group. So. Um, I was very nervous, very nervous. Um, I enjoyed it tremendously, the whole Red Letter Challenge. It's made me think, be slower to speak, be more humble. And I'm just very thankful for the experience. Um, I enjoyed everyone that came to it. We had some really good ones with just Bonnie Collier and Valerie. I think we all uh, opened up and shared some stuff, and it helped me a lot, Valerie. I appreciate all your input. I really do. I love you. Love Miss Bonnie. I love Bonnie's testimonies. It just feeds me. So much. Um, if you didn't make it to one, maybe you'll get to go to one down the road or something. Um, the Davises came to the last one. Sammy did an amazing job. I'm so thankful I got to be at one of Sammy's because, yeah, he was awesome. Him and Kelsey did really good. Um, Robin got to come to two of mine. Is really good. I appreciate it. Yeah, she she had a lot, she had a lot to input a lot of input on it. Yeah, I really appreciated it. Um, it was just a wonderful experience, and I'm just thankful. Amen. Let's give her a hand. Uh, we do have to step out of our comfort zones to experience things like that. And uh, Cindy was kind of nervous about it, but she did an awesome job, and everybody that went uh, just loved the connection groups, and, and we appreciate you so much of uh, being willing to step out and lead uh, and help others along the journey and just facilitate it, really. That's mostly what connection groups are about is facilitating the experience for everybody in the room to feel a part, and uh, just awesome to get to get that chance. Um, to assemble ourselves together, and that's what the Bible tells us to do, to forsake not to assemble ourselves together, and much more as we see the day approaching. So it tells us that in Hebrews that we should meet together and connect together, and it helps you learn about people and connect with people on a more intimate level than you would as a whole in, in a church setting uh, during a church service. This is a celebration service, and uh, those small group connection groups are important to get that uh, discipleship type thing to happen on a small scale, and uh, I'm glad Mom had you guys to to help her along her journey too. And I know Mom uh, probably 
shared her testimony a lot, but I'm sure that you guys added value to her life too and some of the things she's dealing with and different things to uh, worrying about. So you guys, I'm sure, helped her with faith uh, where she fears some things. So thank you for that. Uh, my mom is sick this morning. Or actually, Dad was sick, and Mom's afraid she caught it and didn't want to bring it. So that's why she's not here today. She's uh, asked me, and I said, well, if you're worried about it, then stay home and uh, listen to the sermon online. So, Mom, wherever you listen to this, I love you. Amen. So that's an experience to get to tell your mom you love her across uh, the website. So. Um, the Red Letter Challenge has been an awesome opportunity for us as a church to connect and grow and uh, just do all the things that serve and go and worship and all that happens. And uh, sometimes people think worship is just a uh, part of the service where that we sing songs to God, but worship is in doing what God's will is in our life. And whether that's giving, that's worship. If it's leading an action group, that's worship. If it's uh, doing a discipleship in the morning, that's actually worship. And everything we do in our life uh, towards our faith and our relationship with Jesus is an act of worship. And uh, just grateful to have uh, so many at, at here at our church uh, during this process. And we've seen growth. I mean, Vanceburg campus is there's, there's a lot of new people come to Vanceburg campus, and it's been a long, long time since we've seen that kind of growth at Vanceburg. Uh, and it's really uh, exciting. And a, a little young man this morning about yay tall walked up and told me he wants to be baptized after we announced that this morning. So uh, good things are happening, and it's a part of all of us collectively doing these things together that makes those opportunities possible. So uh, next week is... Uh, our Vision Sunday, and don't think that's some kind of board meeting or anything like that. It's actually a celebration service for us as a church to celebrate what God has done and also celebrate knowing and acting out in faith, believing that God is going to do great things in this year, 2020. So it's a celebration service, and a lot of different people get to talk and get an opportunity to share. Uh, leaders are able to come up and speak about their uh, departments or their uh, segments of our church and we're so excited for them to have an opportunity to explain what they're doing behind the scenes a lot of times a lot of people don't know uh, some things that are going on but it's going to be a great opportunity to hear about everything that's happening for us as a church as a whole so make sure and come next week um, so in this process of red letter challenge has really been about discipleship and us learning together and growing together and as Jesus has been with us on this journey, he has allowed us opportunities to share stories amongst each other and share uh, experiences of what we're experiencing through the Red Letter Challenge. And uh, I want us to look at today, I want us to go to our Bibles to John chapter 14 is the verse that I want us to use today. And as I think about the verse uh, or the topic each week, we've been building bridges between the different topics that we're studying through the Red Letter Challenge. So last week of it was about going and how we've had an opportunity to go for Jesus. And uh, hopefully you've handed out your blue cards and hope you invited people and hopefully you've had experiences where that you're able to share uh, the gospel with people uh, maybe that don't know what Jesus has done for them. Uh, that God has opened doors for you to do that. And it's about going. So uh, we've been building bridges between two topics every week. So this week we're ending the Red Letter Challenge. So there's no topic to go to. So I made up my own. Okay. So we're going to go build a bridge from going to living these words. So I want us to 
finish the red letter challenge with the mindset to think that we're going to put into action because that's what we're supposed to be doing all throughout the red letter challenge was putting things in action. But has anybody in the room mastered every one of the five topics that you feel like that I'm the golden child of Jesus? And if anybody has any questions, come to me because I have all the answers. Does anybody feel like that? Not me. So we still got a way to go, right? We have to act out and live out these words that we've learned and these things that Jesus has taught us. So I, I want to go out with that uh, from the perspective that thinking about there is an end to this, but it's actually the beginning for the rest of our lives to live these things. That these principles that we've been taught was on purpose by Jesus, and I don't think it's any accident at all that I was listening to a podcast that the, the guy was talking about on the podcast, won't you consider doing Red Letter Challenge for your church? And when I looked it up and kind of dove into it a little bit, it's like, absolutely, we got to do this. We have to do this. It's something that God wants us to do. And I'm so encouraged that so many people jumped on board, and Elizabeth and Ryan for helping lead the connection groups and those that uh, do that, and just everybody that dove in and attended different ones. I know Robin went to multiple different uh, connection groups with it, and just the ability to jump around and, and share with a lot of people and just exciting what God is doing and it said we would grow and we have grown spiritually I believe amen it calls me to grow spiritually uh, it's caused us to grow in, in numbers for the church that the numbers of people attending the church of newcomers we've literally had new people just about every week that's happened somebody new has walked in uh, to the church every week so it's so exciting to see new growth and new opportunities for people to come but when something ends it also something else begins and how that when i was thinking about where do you go from here and a lot of people's even expressed that to me it's like now what what, what are we going to do now? The Red Letter Challenge is over. Well, what's, Leslie's been worried about John. What's John going to do? John might go to work out of town, and what kind of devotion is he going to do? So there's different things, right? There's concerns, like what, what do we need to do as a church to live beyond this? Because we're ending something that something else begins. So, you know, I just wanted you to know Leslie's worried about you, John. What, where are you going to go from here? Because, yeah, she, uh, she wants... Uh, <laughs> out of concern, so... And just the opportunity for us to share with each other and, and to have those friendships and those connections, it's, it's important to Jesus. And as I thought about that, uh, I had to go to a verse that talks about, if I'm going to talk about living it out, is, is how that Jesus knew that there was an end to his life that was coming, that he, the closer he got through this process, that he was born of a virgin, yes, and he, he lived a sinless life, and he, he uh, lived with his parents, Mary and Joseph, and, and then the next thing we know, at age 12, we hear that Jesus is in the temple, and he's sharing with those uh, scribes and Pharisees, and they're amazed at his wisdom, and then the next thing you know, you don't hear anything in the Gospels until at age of 30 when Jesus shows back up on the scene at this uh, wedding feast. And as this begins to happen and Mary coaches him and, and tells him it's, it's, it's time, Jesus, to do what God's called you to do. And, and Jesus' ministry begins at that point. And he leaves there and he goes into the wilderness. We know the story how that this happens with Jesus, that, that his ministry begins. And he goes out into the streets and he's meeting with people and he asks these specific people, come follow me. They're his disciples. So he picks out 12 buddies to follow him and live in ministry with him. 
so that he can encourage them and he can, he can even uh, feed off of their strengths. They had gifts. They had things to offer to Jesus' ministry. One time Jesus sent them out to, you know, to go get the donkey. He sent them out to go get the bread. And he sent them out to go feed the thousands on the hillside. So Jesus, uh, the partners that he had in ministry were these 12 individuals. So in my mind, I'm thinking that as we leave the Red Letter Challenge, I don't want us to uh, disassemble. I don't want us to fall back apart and try to do life alone. I want you to get connected with people at the bridge and get connected with people that was in your group and, and, and check with them, check up on them, and, and don't do life alone. Amen? That you can call on them, and just because there's no red-letter challenge or no uh, discipleship pattern that you're following as far as every day in an activity, but you can start a Bible study group on Facebook yourself. And you can still check on Val, Cindy. I'm sure she would be glad for you to check in on her. And you, can, you guys can check in on my mom. And, and then you guys can share with Robin. And, and the connection groups can still live. It's not the end. It's the beginning of forever. And if we share with each other, and if we lift each other, and we pray with each other, we will be encouragement to each other. So Jesus was come to this point where that he knew the end was coming. He knew his life was getting ready to be over. So he had had these 12 buddies that he had, and they, they went everywhere together. They lived life together. And he knew that he was going to have to hang on a cross. He knew that he was going to have to die. And he tells them in John chapter 14, this is the verse that everybody uses for funerals all the time, is John chapter 14, and beginning at the first verses of it, it's, it's part where Jesus says, you know, that I'm going to go away, but I'll go prepare a place for you, that where I go, you can come and be with me in eternity forever. He said, it's to your benefit that I go. It's to your benefit, 12 disciples, that my ministry here is done. And it's kind of hard to understand that, right? That if you're thinking about from Jesus' perspective, because he was God, but he was in a human form. He didn't want it to end with his friends. Like we don't want this to end with our friends. It's like, man, I've, I've learned some things about some people, and I've learned what they're struggling with, and I've learned what they're praising God for, and I've learned some of the victories that they've got during this Red Letter Challenge and some of the things that they've learned, and, and I've been able to be a process and a part of that to help them. We don't want it to end. Jesus didn't want his ministry to end with his friends either. We need a posse around us. Amen? We need a group. We need a hub. We need a connecting point. So Jesus said, it's to your benefit that I go. But I want us to go to verse 26 is what I want us to look at in Hebrews, or in John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus telling his disciples. Verse 25, let's start there. It says, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and will bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. This is the verse that hit me when I thought about living this out. Because these twelve disciples, Jesus knew that he had lived with them, he had ate with them, he had served with them, he had done ministry with them, and he knew they was going to be affected by him being gone. But he told them, I won't leave you comfortless. 
He told him, I won't leave you without any help. He said, I'll send the Holy Spirit to come and partner with you in my absence while I'm gone. So as the Holy Spirit come, the disciples were empowered to do ministry. And Jesus even told his disciples once, he said, greater things than these things that you see me do, will you do. So how many believes that you can take a two-piece fish dinner from Long John Slobbers and feed 5,000 people? Anybody want to try it? Go get you 5,000 people assembled together on a hillside, all of them hungry, and get you a two-piece fish dinner and see if you can feed them. That's what Jesus did. And he said, greater things than these that you've seen me do will you do. How many would like to feed 10,000? How many would like to believe God that he can perform miracles like that? That he can do the impossible things through us if we will believe, if we'll trust him, if we'll walk it out. Because those disciples that day on that hillside, when they come to Jesus and they said, this is all we got is a two-piece fish dinner, he said, well, it's enough. Go and break bread and hand it out and pass it out to the people. And it says this, as they was passing this out, it began to uh, expand and it began to grow. And, and there was just enough to go around that everybody fed, everybody was full. And then they go around and they pick up basketfuls of it after it's over. God don't just do enough. He does more than enough. So whatever you have need in your life today, or no matter what uh, maybe your family has needs, or whatever you're going through, know this, that Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit working through us, can perform miracles in our midst. I want to believe Him, don't you? I want to trust Him. I want to ask Him, and I want to I seek Him, and I want to knock so the door will be open. Why? Because He said He would show up. So this red letter challenge is challenging us into our future to live this out. And Jesus tells his disciples, when I'm gone, the Holy Spirit's coming, and you're going to do greater things. What do you believe in God for? How much do you think he can do? Don't put any limits on him. He created the heavens and the earth. Do you not think he can take care of of your situation, I believe he can. I believe he will. I believe we ought to walk in faith, believing and seeking and saying and just speaking it. And my mom says it all the time. You got to speak things. We speak. The Bible says that there's power of life and death in the tongue, and we walk around in despair all the time because it's what we're saying. Amen. Oh, woe is me, or poor, poor pitiful me, whatever that we're going through. If that's what we speak, that's what we we are creating our existence. But if we would walk around truly in faith, believing and speaking, watch what God's going to do. Where somebody begins to doubt and say, well, I can't believe you're even believing about that. Trust me, I serve him. Watch what he can do. And you can speak about the things that you've learned in the Bible, these accounts that Jesus did, and use them for examples to tell them. He did it for them. He says he loves me, and he loves me as much as he loves them. How many believe that? He had these 12 buddies, but that wasn't his only buddies. We learned about in uh, a few weeks ago whenever he sent out the 70, right? That he, he sent them out to go and do ministry. And when he sent them out, Jesus loved them just as much as he did his 12. He loved the 5,000 sitting on the hillside that he fed with those fish dinner just as much as he loves those 12. He loves me and you 
just as much as he did Peter. Just as much as he did Paul. Paul said, I press towards the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. I'm pushing. Whenever you feel like you're stuck and you feel like you can't go any farther and it feels like there's something holding you back, do what Paul said. I'm pressing. I'm pushing. I'm going to shove my way through this by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek Him while He may be found. Why? Because He is behind me helping push with me. I don't have to do this alone. Jesus said it's to your benefit I go away because I'm sending the Holy Spirit and He's powerful and He's going to help you and He's going to comfort you. I'm telling you right now, it says, the next verse, it says, this peace He's going to give to us. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. The peace that passes all understanding that the Apostle Paul talks about is available to every person sitting in this room today. Every person listening. Mom, you hear me right now? You're going to be listening to this. Peace is what you need to expect from God. Let peace rule and reign in, in our life. And we trust that the Holy Spirit is bringing this peace. How many believes He can sustain, sustain you? When everybody else looks at you and says, why are you not falling apart? You can say, because I serve an almighty God that's going to handle this situation for me. I trust Him. I believe in Him. I'm going to see it happen. So as this verse unfolds, I think about Jesus telling His, his disciples, I'm going. And his heart was hurting because he, he knew that He was going to go to heaven. And prepare the place that they was going to come to. But at the same time, he knew also that they was going to be empowered to do more than what they had been doing. What? Would it be like to be like Jesus? And that's what the next thing that it's going to tell us that the last day and 40th day was today about the dust of my rabbi, right? That I want to follow so close to Jesus that his dust is on me because I want to learn about him so much. I want to be like him, don't you? So this past week I was worried about, you know, going. And yesterday I, I had to go to meet a a guy about some car parts and different stuff, and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to go, and I'm going to, I was expecting to just go talk about some stuff, and, and whenever I got there, I was supposed to meet him at 12.30, and I pulled up in the driveway, the garage walked in, and him and a young man was standing there shoveling gravels when I walked in, and began to talk to him, and talk about parts, and different things, and and he began to tell me stories about things that was going on. And he was telling his, you walk like a crab. <laughs> Mr. Seth. But as this older gentleman, over 70 years old, was talking to me and began to share and began to tell me about church and some things that him and his church is going through. And, and as he's speaking about them, he 
He was telling about how good God is. And his grandson was there with him, but his grandson didn't go to church or didn't know anything about God or any of those things. And His grandson began to get nervous. It's like, gee, I don't like this God thing around me very much. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you get around somebody that's unsaved and you start having a little bit of church yourself with one of your church friends, and they're like, eh, I don't know about all that. And as we begin to talk, and this, this elderly gentleman's telling me, he's like, we're about to have church here. And that grandson, he darted out the door. He's like, I don't want no part of this, right? I'm getting out of here. So he goes outside. I don't know if he's shoveling gravels or walking, looking over the hillside or what, but just kept talking. And next thing you know, it just kept going on and on. And, and just wonderful hearing testimonies about the good things of God. But also the guy was opening up to me. And he began to share to me about how the, his oldest son, the young man that was there, dad, uh, had died of cancer several years ago. He's talking about what a heartache he had from losing his oldest son to cancer. He said it just shouldn't be that a parent should outlive their children and how void was there. And He spoke about that. and You just feel the heart, his heart hurting of the absence of his, of his oldest son. Then he began to talk and he told me that the very spot where I was standing, his other son, they only had two kids, and that his son had um, got his phone, and him and his wife was fighting, and he showed up in this garage, and he called his wife, and took a rope, and was telling her, tired of fighting and took a rope and he ended his life with her watching him on the phone my heart just hurt so bad then this for him that he lost both of these kids when we go don't be in a hurry if I'd have just went there and asked two questions got and left People matter to God. And God allowed me to be there to pray for that guy and with that guy. But he's telling his grandson, his grandson come back in, and he, t he was telling me these things. and He's telling his grandson, you need to act right. His grandson, he said, boy, let me tell you. He said, you got three kids by three different women, and you ain't a dad to none of them. I was like, Whoa, I'm, <laughs> this is family situation. I need to get on out of here, right? I don't need no part of this. I guess he just needed me for backup. He needed me for a resource to go by. And uh, as he was saying those things, I was like, man, he said, I'll tell you what I need to do, take you down there and get you fixed. And I was like, TMI, I'm going, you know. And he's telling his grandson these things, and his grandson just standing there, just taking it all in stride, you know. And I get the opportunity to talk to that grandson a time or two, and I, I told him, I said, let me tell you, the comfort of knowing heaven will be your eternity. You'll never know peace until you know that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to go to heaven. You talk about a peace. If we would think about all these situations in our life as this is temporal, this is earthly, 
There's things here that, yes, it seems important right now, but in the grand scheme of things, I get to go to heaven to live forever with Jesus, my Savior. A peace will come with knowing that. Amen? And as I tell this young man that, he's, he's yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Before I leave, I stand there, and Grandpa comes back over again, you know, we're talking, and we're getting ready to shake hands and part ways. And I look at him and I tell him, I said, I told that boy, I said, you see that gray hair on your grandpa? You better listen. You better listen because he's got wisdom. And you need to hear what he's saying. And I told him the story about me and the cistern. And how that if I would have perished that day, if my aunt wouldn't have prayed for me and brought me out, I would have died and went to a devil's hell. And my eternity would have been a different deal than what mine will be now. So what are we going to do when we go? Are we going to share our story? Or are we going to hold it in and say, well, maybe somebody else will get to them? No. Take advantage of those opportunities when you come in contact with people and let them know how good God is in your life. I didn't have to pull my Bible out. I didn't have to beat him over the head with a bunch of different words. I just told him my story, just like it tells us to in Red Letter Challenge. And there's no doubt in my mind that that young man walked away yesterday thinking a lot of thoughts before he went to sleep last night about what he needs to do. Amen? That's what the challenge is about. Let's go be witnesses. When Jesus actually leaves this earth, the final words that we know that he speaks, it's in Acts chapter 1, we know the end of his words, the last words he speaks before he goes to heaven. Jesus tells them, stay here in Jerusalem, tarry here until you be endued with power from on high because I want you to go be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. How many wants to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to witness the way God wants us to? Amen. I want to live this thing, don't you? I want to live it. When I go, when I serve, when I give, when I'm just being, and when I'm forgiving, I want to live it out in real life and watch what God does. We can expect him to do great things if we'll accomplish and do what he tells us to do. Won't you stand? I really do want to thank you so much for We want to get Sammy and Kelsey to share next week, Elizabeth, for, I think Leslie texted you about. Take a young couple like them in early 20s, straight out of college, could be doing a lot of other things, but they're giving their time, talent, and treasures to the kingdom of God and doing what God's asked them to do. And they went with us. Friday night and helped serve down at the night to chine at Clarksburg Church and man I I got broke there I, I couldn't even help but just I need to quit complaining those people had so much fun 
They danced whether anybody was looking or nobody was looking or everybody's looking. They didn't care. They just got out there and danced. And they, I can't dance a lick. And Sammy can't dance either. And Sammy told me, he's like, I'm not a dancer. Well, his buddy that he got, because they buddy up, everybody gets a buddy. And Sammy's buddy that he got, he stood there and did this. And then did this. So Sammy had the perfect dancing partner. And it was awesome getting to stand there and watch Sammy dance with his buddy. Just bring his arms up and down. Jesus tells us, whatever we do to the least of these, we've done it unto him. And anytime we think we got it bad, we just need to look around. Because there's people that's a lot worse off than us. My friend that I met yesterday that lost his two sons. Just makes my heart hurt. And I'm glad it does because I can carry some of the burden for him. And I want to share it with you so that you guys can share part of that burden with him. Because the body of Christ needs that, that we lift each other up, that we hold each other. And we feel like we're falling apart. And the setting in, or they're hurting. They lost their mom, and Sylvie's family is. 90 year old grandma was in a car wreck, and just texted me a few minutes ago, right before I walked up here, literally just seconds before I walked up here. Said, keep the prayers coming. <laughs> Sister Betty lost her cousin. Mark Dummett lost his son. He's 90 some years old and lost his son. He survived World War II and now here he is at his son's funeral today. And I'm sure Mark is hurting and he needs our prayer. Sister Joanne had a cousin that was 93. She told me he passed away and she's going to that funeral. Pray for Sister Joanne. <laughs> for all those suffering from flu and different things going on let's just pray as I think about Sister Carolyn there's one thing that I want everyone to know that uh, when she was sick back some time ago she had an issue with her sugar and stuff then her toe was hurting her and she come to me for prayer and after a church service, she walked up at the end and asked for a specific prayer. We anointed her and prayed with her. And she looked at me before I prayed and she said, Ben, I'm ready to go. She said, if I leave this world today, I know where I'm going. She said, I worry about my kids and my grandkids because I want them to come to heaven and be with me forever. I got a peace and a comfort knowing that Sister Carolyn is dancing with Jesus. And I think she said that to me because she's laying some responsibility on me to make sure that Blaze and Avery and Kai and all the grandkids meets her in heaven. And I accept that challenge and I'm going to do my part.
if you guys want to help cook something and take over to their house or if you want us to just you can cook and get up with Mayor Leslie or somebody and we'll we'll take it over if you don't know where they live we'll be glad to do that I want you to bow your head if you will and close your eyes life alone God I pray that you through the Holy Spirit would rain down right now in the heart of every believer in this room and that you would go with us oh God and that you would prod us along this path of life and Lord that you would allow us to step out of comfort zones God and live the life that you would have for us to live God, I pray as they lift their hands, even now, God, let it be like a valve that they're lifting that lever and the Holy Spirit is open to move through their testimony and through the blood of your Son, Jesus. Let us go with victory in this room today. And God, that we would, we would walk out this life that you would have for us to live. We love your presence, oh God. Go with us just like you promised you would. Bring peace in every life in this room as they trust you, Jesus. You said you would. We believe it to be true. Let a calm come over us. In Jesus' name, amen.